0: Welcome to Streams of Income with Ryan Rieger. Today we play Lego, and Daddy has other days stay on i to play Lego. Here's my Daddy, Ryan Rieger. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today I'm hanging out with Stephen Hibbert. Steven, thanks for joining me, man. Oh, I'm glad to be are, here. Are you going to just you I think one day you're just going to take over this podcast cuz I'm on, <laughs> on on so many episodes. <laughs> no, but Steven and I uh, we chat a lot. We are business partners in a lot of different things and like every entrepreneur, we have lots of ideas. And what do you do with all those ideas? It it can be very overwhelming at times with Which ones do I try? Which ones do I start with? Or if you already have something going on well now and you got new ideas, which ones do you add on? Which do you forget? I mean, obviously there's some that you wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, it's like, well, that's a crazy one. Well, write those down. Write those down anyway. Who knows? Those may come back to you. But we wanted to talk about kind of our framework of how we evaluate potential ideas and also just um, how uh, kind of a unique way that we're going about it. Uh, with where we are at now in our business, we're no longer doing this solo. And by having a team, you can actually try ideas out a lot faster. So we can talk to you guys about that. But let do me you think set it's worth going
1: back yeah. to like originally having a job to how to like add on a side hustle then from side hustle on? To- yeah, we totally can. Let's start with the example. Maybe this will hit
0: what you're trying to say there with my friend who I talked to yesterday. I won't name a name. Um, but she has, um, a book that's doing really well on Amazon. She's selling a hundred copies a month and she's not even I sure s- how she's doing that, uh, <laughs> doing really well with that. And so option one for her was to, um, and tell me if this is not what you're, uh, most people are not starting out with an opportunity that already have a books on a hundred a month. So maybe we will <laughs> go back to somebody who just has a job. They're trying to figure out what their first stream of income is going to be, but it'll be the same framework, I think. Uh, So she's doing, uh, want to maybe turn that into a course or a membership, do more with that content, go deeper with that content with people. Uh, Number two is write a new book. And then number three is uh, essentially a service-based business um, online in the online space. And so I told her about fast, easy, and profitable. Steven, you have ELF, which stands for easy, lucrative, and fun. (laughs) So I went over FEP, fast, easy, and profitable with her. And I ranked them in order. And here's what I told her. I feel like um, the service-based business was going to be the, um, not necessarily the fastest or easiest, but the most profitable. And because you could, it would be not hard to get a client pretty quickly. Uh, so I'd say it's very, it could be fast. It could be really fast, easy. If we helped her with the, a VA to do some of the back-end stuff, which I offered to do. Um, so the service-based business I told her would probably be the because the amount that she's going to be able to charge is way more than what she would get from a course or a membership, uh, for, for one person. So I said the service-based business, then going deeper in the content for the book that you're selling a hundred a month of. And then this, the third one by far, in my opinion, is writing a brand new book. Cause she understands that most books don't sell that much and that that's just amazing. So to, not only write a new book and then get it launched and hope that it sells to the level of her book, current book, that seems like a very distant third in my mind. So um, what are your thoughts on, oh, we can also give an example of just somebody sitting at their job, hating their job, wanting to do something different and they have all these ideas.
1: Yeah, I think it's the same. I think if you have something that's working and started to take off, I think you're always in this idea filtering process. I I mean, you set it up at the top of the show. If you're an entrepreneur, you got a bunch of ideas. We are no different. And that's why I always enjoy when we get together and just talk. It's just like there's a hundred more ideas. But I think we're getting very good at refining them. But it is this process almost at any stage. If you're at a job and then you're like, oh, what's my next thing? You're constantly saying, what's the lowest hanging fruit? I don't know if you put classifiers or um, filters onto that. But this um, fast... Easy, profitable is a filter. I have the easy, Mm -hmm. lucrative fun. I think maybe just because I'm in a slightly different position now, it doesn't necessarily have to be like the most profitable out the gate. As long as it's easy, lucrative, yes, and then fun is like another driving factor to me because I'm in a position now where I don't have to trade my time for dollars. But if you are at a job and you're trading those time dollars for hours, those hours for dollars, I think finding another side hustle is what the show is all about. Like, what's your next income stream? Lowest hanging fruit is not always easiest to identify but i think with this qualifier that you have and i think the other part of that is talk to people reach out to people Mm -hmm. because i think you say it a lot too like it's hard for you to read your own label Mm -hmm. when you're going through that stuff and you're like i got a bunch of these that i don't know which is the best one i think that's why she came to you and was just like hey here's three ideas what do you think because it's very hard from this side of it to know which one i should go in it's very I think I identify that right at to rip. The new book idea is probably the hardest, <laughs> not the most lucrative right out the gate is probably yeah. not the one that I would go after. But no. the other two do seem close. And then I would just be asking her more questions of like, what do you think you're more suited for? What do you skills, yes. abilities, and assets do you have? I was thinking through
0: that with, the, with my lens, knowing that I want to help her. So I, I would be willing to have her on the podcast to talk about it. So that was another thing to add on to it that I, I feel like, Based on how I think I could help her the most, what's going to be, what's my audience going to care about the most of these three opportunities if I decided to help her? So that was another angle I was bringing on it. Not everybody's going to have the ability to get on somebody's podcast instantly like that. <laughs> so the change is a little bit of it, but still, even if she had no connections or network, everybody does. Um, I still would have probably said what I said, the service based business first, because yeah, she's talked to friends, one talk client. to people. to help
1: you kind of filter that down because i think other people will be able to identify like oh you know you are really good at this thing and then i think it gives you more confidence too to step in and test that one out and then even with the readjustments you can go back to those same people and say i kind of did this this wasn't really what it was how can i help with
0: Uh
1: it is a benefit of having a little bit of a system and a network but i think it is Uh a first process of trying to find out what the best idea is instead of trying to jump on all of them that's the wrong call i'm, I'm only sure. saying that from, <laughs> from past experience, experience. yeah <laughs> yeah everybody is guilty <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you do so
0: if you're sitting in a cubicle right now listen to this and you're like man that's me i've got like three or four ideas maybe 34 ideas actually of ways to make money and i'm not really sure which one to do how would you advise that guy that let's say he's we have him on that'd be actually a fun episode is to find somebody who does want to quit their job and you know, wanting to start a side hustle and trying to figure out what to do next. But um, what are some of the questions you might ask them? I can think of some, but what are some things that you, how would you advise that guy? Or we can even talk about potentially your story of how you had some low hanging fruit in the car parts niche. um, And you went after that. For me, it was furniture. When we started our furniture business, I don't, I didn't care about furniture, but when I moved to Texas, that was the thing that my mother-in-law and wife were already doing. So it was easy to jump right into that.
1: Yeah, I guess it is a... I don't know if I have questions other than just, like, getting to know the person Mm -hmm. with hopes of getting to know, like, what is their background and experience of what things that they could be leaning into. Because I think if you have a better understanding of who the person is, Mm -hmm. for you, it's your friend. Like, you kind of already know. And like you said, you're already kind of going, like, what's the easiest for me to help her with? Yeah. From a cold audience, like, I think it would be interesting if we brought somebody on that just has a job and it's interested in a next thing try to make an additional income stream just to ask a bunch of questions i would think most of that conversation 80 percent of that conversation would just be getting to know him and then what his ideas are and then advise yes. him on the later pa- part to go like oh this seems like a good fit for you you're interested in yeah. i mean we've done this a bunch last time we were at your event we were getting a ride by i cannot remember his name mm-hmm. but he was talking about starting a podcast and A bunch of ideas. And then we said, like, which one do you mostly do? Which one would you do in your sleep? And then he was talking about being a fan of that team. And then we said, you could start a podcast. You could do this. You could have a book with this. It was like all the ideas just lined up into that one. It was like, you can do all those things. But instead of having them be 100% different, line them up into this and start with a podcast. Start doing it this way. Because then you could get a press pass. You could go to those people. You're already kind of talking to them. You're on social media talking to them. It was just like, it's interesting, but it is like a built around you. The lowest hanging fruit for Steven is not the lowest hanging fruit for Ryan. The lowest true. hanging fruit for you is very different than everybody else, but I think that's what I enjoy is helping people yeah. find like what is the best thing for you. Not to say it's going to work 100%, but it just gives you the best chance out of the gate to have success. Correct. Yes.
0: And if you're also another thing a caveat I think that it makes a difference here is how bad you need the funds. Like if you already have a full-time job and you're paying the bills right now, there's a whole lot less pressure on you. Um, But if you're like, man, I need $500, you know, by the net by next week, what are you going to do that changes things up dramatically. And so like, I guess we could talk to two different audiences real quick. What would you do if you were sitting here and you are short every single month and you need you need a $1,000 over the next couple of weeks and, you know, you anticipate you, let's say you need to make an extra grand every month. And you need to figure out that quick. It may not, it's probably not going to be starting a, a membership or a course or writing a book. What yes, are some sir. things that seem low hanging fruit to you?
1: Yeah. I think my default is like job, get a job. Now it doesn't necessarily well, say they have, have a full time job and they,
0: um, they it's also, also another thing to this is how many hours they have available. So this dude's working a full time job. He needs an extra thousand dollars a month. Um, what are what are some thoughts that come to your mind? If, if you are working a full-time job already, you don't have another 40 hours a week to work on something. Maybe
1: you have 10. Uh, what would you do in that time frame? Well, I just look back at my own story. I was working two jobs and I was trying to get more for a down payment on a house. Uh-huh. I just found more ways internally in those jobs. I was um, before when I was 15, 16, unable to like be a server, even touch alcohol. I was working with the servers to say, hey, I'll clean up your stuff after the night. I'll roll your silverware for an extra $20. That was an extra thousand dollars a month right there, just by offering those services inside. Mm. Now it didn't turn out well. The rest of the story is I eventually got (laughs) fired from that job (laughs) because I was making more than some of the servers and, the manager doesn't like that, but it's those types of opportunities I would look for is going to yeah. the boss and saying like, Hey, That's I don't have good. the ability to work a bunch more hours, but how can I become more valuable to this mm. business? Other things that me and Nathaniel have done is do, I guess call it lead gen. At the time, I don't know if we knew it was that, but just try to help them bring in new customers. I think Mm -hmm. anytime you can bring in new customers to a business, that's more valuable to you. You can do an affiliate pay. You can do some kind of commissions. Even if you're not really a salesperson, you can try to create some type of, hey, if we try this campaign or give these shirts away and give a percentage off or Mm -hmm. those Mm -hmm. ideas are very valuable to business people. Yeah. Listening to podcasts and taking those ideas and then transferring them to your boss is a way for you to just sit down and go, hey, how can I become more valuable to this company? Yeah. Now, again, like if, if you're working in a large corporation, it's probably a little bit harder to do that. But a smaller mm-hmm. business, even if you are working in a large corporation like uh, Sears or any of those, I would go to some of those smaller businesses. I mean, you don't have a bunch of time. You have a couple of hours. But stopping into those smaller mom and pops and just say, hey, <laughs> just curious. I work over here at this job. I'm looking to do other things. Is there anything that you guys need help with Yes, in marketing, in any kind of services? And then I would just be looking YouTube and understanding all the stuff because sometimes those smaller business people go, I would love somebody to do this. I cannot afford to pay them, but if they could do this and bring in this much more money, I would profit split with Mm. them. There's a bunch of those opportunities, but it does take hitting the pavement. It does take a lot of out of your comfort zone, sure. talking to business owners and sitting down. And a lot of times those business owners, it might be very difficult to get to, but I would just grit and continue to do it. I knocked yeah. doors for four years before finding yeah. the next property that we bought um, for me and my wife. Mm. It, it sometimes is not fun, <laughs> but I think if you keep at it, it is yeah. definitely well worth it. That's good. And
0: yeah, that's a good one. Thinking about just working with the company you're at, What? Else, how else can you be more valuable to them? That can, I didn't even think about that one. Of course, my mind immediately goes to physical products because that's my history, yours too. Um, you will know, find something that you can sell on eBay or Amazon or Craigslist, not, not Craigslist now, but Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> um, there are what opportunities to grab things off the side, you know, at trash day finds here a week walk, we can go down our alley and find really good stuff that people are trying to throw out that I could easily add a put a screw here not me because i'm not a handyman or put a little paint to it and now i can sell it on facebook marketplace for 50 bucks there is so much opportunity out there um yeah that's really really good just think of what's what's already in your hands i would ask that also somebody like what do you what do you love to do what do people already come to you for advice for um
1: those are harder to inwardly check sometimes yeah so I mean, challenging myself to sit down and write is something that is a fight almost all the time, but I always get something out of it where I just spend an hour, a week or a day Mm -hmm. writing down like, all right, what am I really trying to accomplish? What is it the things that I've looked back for the last month and haven't really gotten to where I want to? Why write all that stuff out and just come to um, pen and paper for like inward understanding? But it gets way easier, especially, I mean, thanks to Ryan. I could just like go, hey, Ryan, I got an idea. (laughs) And then we have a call. I think if you can find somebody like that in your life that understands or knows you, Mm -hmm. asking these questions to another person is probably a lot more fruitful, or at least easier for me, um, than to try to inwardly go, what am I good at? What do people come to me? It's not always hard, especially if you're, under a lot of stress. When you have, I need $500 to keep the lights on. It's very difficult to go like, Oh, what am I good at? It's like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm good at, but I need $500. That's the only right. thing I can think of. Yeah. I also say, be
0: careful who you ask those questions to, because you've learned that you, you think on a different level, the not that you're better people. than people. It's just that you think <laughs> different you think very way different. outside the box. Um, to you, there is no box. And so when you, uh, with some of your questions that you ask somebody or ideas, uh, you've gotten a lot of people that either don't understand what you're talking about or an immediate no, that's crazy. Um, so find somebody that will take your quote, crazy ideas and say, you know what, that's, I don't know if that's crazy or not. It's, just, it's never been done before. Um, that it, somebody that's willing to explore that with you, um, and so just be careful who you're telling those ideas to. It's got to be somebody who just thinks the same way you do thinks differently. Not the person who's never done anything in their life. That's so <laughs> negative because those folks are going to knock you down every time. And you know, think you're nuts, but, um, I wanted to, I know the originally we wanted to chat about w- all the different ideas that somebody has, how to, filter it through. And so we've talked about the fast, easy and profitable, easy, lucrative and fun. So I would say definitely use those two different filters to help you guys figure out what, what to try first, but ultimately really it is, is just testing things out. Mm -hmm. Um, Entrepreneurship is constantly testing, constantly tweaking. um, And you got to be comfortable with that. If not, then you may not be comfortable being an entrepreneur because it's (laughs) there, you're going to try stuff that doesn't work and you got to be okay with that. Uh, And you put, put some type of timeline on it. Uh, What you and me, Stephen are doing is we're thinking about three month timelines for different Mm -hmm. test projects, giving it three months um uh, even if we have to put a little bit of money to it that's okay because um one of them are, is going to work one of them's going to pop um do we want to we ready to get into how we're doing it now or do we any other things we need to talk about related to the person who's kind of the solopreneur trying to figure this out
1: yeah i guess if you're it it, it is a journey and not to say that we are at the top of the mountain or anything but we're just farther along i've i've been an entrepreneur since i was 14 15 i'm 38 um, so it's just many years that we put in, but I think you nailed it. with just saying like, if you, if, if doing something and failing a lot is not really going to be something that you're going to be wanting to continue to do, then maybe entrepreneurship is not for you because that's what it is almost on every level. When I started, it was a bunch of failing. Then I kind of found success. I found a rhythm and then I took off. Then things change and then you got to adjust with the times. And as you're in that adjustment phase, it's a bunch of failing to where okay. we are at now you mm. had an exit it's a new chapter for you I've I guess had an exit too I mean a bit different but kind of same thing now I'm sitting on a good amount of cash I'm looking to kind of redeploy it what does that look like I don't necessarily want to be an operator of a thing now how do I level up yeah. to be a shareholder what does that look like how do I need to facilitate these things to be in the position that I'm trying to be in now? And yeah. we've tested a bunch of stuff and a bunch of that stuff has failed to where we're at now, to where even the calls that we had today were like, we're getting close and it, yeah. it's getting exciting because we've gone yeah. through this process enough. But I would say if you're in a job or just getting started with some of these things, the ideas are going to continue to come. You're going to continue on to test everything I would really refine it down and get very cautious of how you're testing. Where's your time going? That's another thing. I think when I started, I did not value my time. That's something I probably heard a hundred times, but didn't really take heart of, but really value your time only because you're going to spend a lot of it testing. And a lot of it is not going to work. If you can refine your test to the most highest probable of success, you will have a lot easier time going through this entrepreneurial journey. But it is an up and down journey. I think almost at every level. Yeah. When you say, though, those failures, it's not really a failure
0: because you learn from each one of them and they become knowledge and it, it becomes a foundation for you that, uh, it's just, it is a, it seriously is a learning experience. And it's not way it's really not wasted. This failures not wasted because you get you learn something from each opportunity. And when we talk about failures. We're not saying that these are things that cost thousands bankrupt and
1: thousands you of and yeah, you're the poor house.
0: Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's like the these failures. are very inexpensive, sometimes free tests. What it really might cost us is a little bit of time. In some instance, we might cost a VA's time, which does cost us money,
1: but it's at a different level. Um
0: Yeah, but the so example
1: of you gave just of even the, the products in your alley you know that that's not your strength. So you can immediately discount that to go, somebody could do this, but it's not my skill to do that. You don't know that until you've done that. The only reason you're able to say that confidently is because you've done something and it did not work. So yes, that at the time is a failure, but it is a learning process so that when you get farther down the road, you're not wasting time trying to do that stuff. Because Ryan's in a new chapter. He could go, you know what? Let me go grab all that stuff from the alley because now I have the time to do it. But you know that's not the best use of your time. Energy, and, effort and it wouldn't be for me, it you... wouldn't be fun for me.
0: <laughs> but also there's a, might be a whole other filter. Depends on the situation you're in. If I need to eat tomorrow, well, I'm I might be grabbing the trash from my neighbor, you know, as a little uh, a little dresser there and painting it green and you know, and selling it on Facebook
1: Marketplace for hundred bucks, and now I get to eat. Um yeah, situation, I guess, always changes yeah. and determines the... But you, it, it's just an example of failing to the learning process. So yes, yes, at the time, it might hurt a lot more than future, but you're saving yourself a bunch of time in future because you really know what your lane is. Absolutely. It is an understanding, and it is a process. And failing, yeah. yes, is the word that I'm using, but it's it doesn't have to be framed like that. Yeah. It doesn't have to like stop you. I think a failure is only really felt when it stops you from doing something. But as an entrepreneur, I think you have that grit to just continue on. And that failing turns into a lesson in future that saves you a bunch of time because you go, it's not even worth me taking a step in that direction because I already know I've done this a bunch of times. This is my lane. I'm going to stay here and move forward. Absolutely. But ultimately, guys, just try something. I mean, if you.
0: it might really come down to you got three really good ideas. You can see yourself doing all these. All these look fun to you. All these look potentially lucrative. All are fairly easy. And you just got to pick one and do it um, and test it out. Uh, and test out for a, a decent amount of time to give it that that good go. Um, let's chat about what it looks like when you have a team, which has been fun to, to, for us to do. Because now, uh, can we? you mentioned the word idea broker. Do we want to talk about that? Because that's that's fun. Um, but like I was, I remember a conversation with a, a a guy that was in a mastermind group of mine many years ago. And I said, I was thinking at the time we had some VAs. It was in the Amazon business. I was thinking, gosh, with all the VAs we have access to, you know, I don't know about you Stephen, but you're probably on email lists where you get all kinds of new business opportunities in Mm -hmm. your inbox every Mm -hmm. day. And you know, some of them are, are decent ideas, But you also know that you as a solopreneur, even with a team, you can't, you can't go after all of them. What if some of them come to the top? Like I usually, if there's a, if I get an, I'm on a particular email list um, of guys that do webinars all the time, they're just promoting other people's stuff. And it's interesting. Sometimes I'll sign up for those webinars. I never attend live. I will always, if I want to know it, I'll watch the replay on super fast speed just to get the gist to see if I even want to buy the product to to learn more. Um, But now we have the opportunity. Oh, So back to the story when I was on a call with a guy, I said, with VAs, you could try out all these ideas. You literally could test them out. And I've never been in that position except for now to where I do feel like, if you and I had five ideas we wanted to try, we don't have to do any of them. We literally could assign them to a VA. Now it's going to cost us some money for the VA to take the course, to learn it, to implement it. Of course, the VA has to be you know the right person to do it too. Um, hopefully the course is good enough that anybody can learn it, but we literally can just try a bunch of stuff. So let's talk about our filter, how we decide what we do and what our tests look like.
1: Yeah, I guess it is a a very exciting time. And the position that we find ourselves in, it does allow you to build that relationship with that VA. And it's not like we're just finding a person to then take a random class and do it. It's we're starting to build those relationships with the VAs or any operator and just go like, ooh, this seems like a good fit and we're matching needs together. This person needs a job. This person needs somebody to be able to do this or we have an idea this person needs employment for, let's test mm-hmm. it out, let's set a budget, let's test it out for the next three months and see, even if it doesn't quite turn out that great, we can pivot it to this. I think where we're at now, having a lot of those opportunities is almost a benefit to us because yeah. we can, idea broker, and I guess that's yeah. just this term that I was, we were on a call earlier today okay. and there was a bunch of ideas going through and then we even brought an old idea back um, that we had and just was pitching it out to them. And I was just like, this is fun for me where we're at right yes. now. Cause we're just listening to a lot of people's idea. Sometimes they go, this is not a good fit for me, but I'd love for this to take part. And if it does, this is the role I'd like to play in it. And I think we just hold on to it and go, okay. And then have a the next conversation with somebody else and go, this is perfect. If we can match these two things together, yes. we should be able to make this happen. And we yes. have now put some projects together with people where it's like, All we have done now is just facilitate it, put it together, and now they're off on their own. They come in and Mm -hmm. check in. If they need help, we're here for advisors. Or if they need staffing, we can also provide that. But it's a joy for me to go, we didn't really do much there. We just put a lot of these situations together and kind of pushed Mm it off. But I think you even just seeing that Email idea that you had, and I was just like, "Who do we have on the team? Like, this doesn't have to fall on Ryan. This can right. fall on somebody completely different. Who is that person? Yeah. Let's test that out and just let them run wild. Like, what could they really possibly mess up or break? Right. Let's test it and see. And then in yeah. that three month period, just circle back and go, "What was the success? What was the failure? Now the only thing that we're doing is refining a little bit to go like instead of just taking idea and let it run. Okay. Let's have a goal. What is the benchmark that we're trying to hit before we just start launching off a bunch of this stuff? Because right. we can test a bunch of ideas, but yeah. I think having a benchmark or a goal is now our new refinement process for yeah. what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. How did you get to the how did you make the transition from
0: where it's like, ooh, I have a good idea, I'm gonna test it, to ooh, there's a really good idea there, let's have a team member do it. And I just want to be the toll booth. I just want a, a, a percentage, a small percentage and let you do all the work. What's that? What did that, how did that process? I think it was a very
1: slow, gradual, I think from starting off trying to do anything that worked when I was mm-hmm. trying to sell car parts online, then I was selling like used books and everything that was a nail down. Then I learned how to like sell stuff. It was just like a constant refinement process. I don't know if I had an aha moment until I brought Nathaniel on board as a integrator so I could yeah. play the visionary role. And even at the time, it wasn't like that clean. It was just like, I need help, Nathaniel. Yeah. Instead of packing boxes and doing all that, let's do this together. <laughs> You're getting leveled up, and then we are now going to try to figure this out. And it was a, a bunch of years of us working together to go like, yeah. what is the correct roles for both of us to play? Because I'm 10 years older, it was a little bit easier. I could just force stuff that I didn't want to do onto him, and then he could be... <laughs> Either hand it off or figure it out. But I think a lot of the ideas had to get filtered through him. So I think it was just like, I got a bunch of ideas. Then I would just dump it on him. And then he would be like, I don't have the ability to do this. So this one's out period. This one kind of, but it's going to take too much time, and effort. And this is the only thing that's really working right now. This mm-hmm. one seems the best. So it was almost like a, Nathaniel was filtering it. That's but then good. through that, it just got easier. Because then I would say, hey, what happened to this? Why aren't we doing this? And they would tell me like, we, what are you talking about? We got four people doing this already and we're already backed up. Who is supposed to do this? And I'd be like, oh, okay, this makes sense. So I think having somebody to run those ideas through that's in the business, it was easier for me to go, oh, some of these ideas are just too far left field. We're not in a position to do that. We're still growing and there's no excess funds at that time to go like, oh, I'm just throw some money over here. It was like, nah, we're barely holding on. (laughs) This thing is barely going forward. This is the only thing that we're capable of doing. So I think when you start leveling up, there's a point where it's like you're at red line. There's no more capability or possibilities for everything. I think I took that time to really follow through to go, what is a good idea? How do we process this when do i get in a position where i can just launch off a bunch of the ideas mm. and i think having gone through a couple of different iterations of business then kind of going hey nathan or hey, ryan i'm in this position i have time what are we doing or what are you doing that i can help and then working yeah. with you and just going like all right now you're in a position that we both have time what is it that we can do together and launch out yeah. And i think that's been the most exciting so i don't know yes. if there was a time where i was like oh now is the time that i can now Uh test a bunch of stuff other than just like life has allowed me to be in this position with you who's also in a very similar position it feels very unique i don't know how many times in life you get this where you have time energy effort and some spare money to do the next thing that you're getting into it's a we read that book halftime, and it does really feel like a halftime. It feels like we played yeah. the first half, yeah. all right, we're tired. <laughs> Let's regroup and go back and hit the field, but we're now smarter. We've played a lot of time. We've tested a bunch of stuff. How do we now work together even? And that's a yes. little bit of a learning process too to go like, what are we both best at? Yeah, I think in the beginning it was a lot of stepping on toes, and I was just like, I'm falling back because I don't want this relationship to get damaged. And it was just like, I'll play a little sick of fiddle, but now it's like, oh, okay, you head this, I'll head this, These ideas now can get filtered through these two things and go, does it fall on me? Does it fall on you? Or what we discovered this week, can it fall on a different operator completely? Then we just talk to that operator, dump it off to him, and then we don't have to be bothered with it. (laughs) This feels like a great thing. I think that's why that idea broker came in because it was like, we could just take this and give it to the right person. Yeah, have to worry about it. I want to come back to that. Do you think also your
0: conversation with Clyde was a pivotal point where um, the 1% where he talks about steven you're you think differently than everybody else here you were at a conference and that uh that you just need to be going at, going after the one percent opportunities where you're just you don't have to do anything you're more of a shareholder than
1: a ceo yeah he didn't even say shareholder but i, I guess this is at a pivotal point i was doing real estate with a group of friends they all passed I was kind of waffling to see, like, do I really want to go into real estate? I had some other friends want me to be property management and everything else. I went to a conference that I was supposed to go with two of my business partners that had passed. Um, and Clyde knew them. And Clyde kind of knew our whole setup. At that, that conference, I was just asking Gary, the teacher, and the people in that conference, just different questions, phrasing things differently. Because I knew there was some opportunity between the way that... Op- uh, investors thought and the way that business people thought and the way that they see the time value of money and different things. So I was just setting up these scenarios and then just asking a bunch of questions. He heard a, a couple of those and said, even him was hard to answer, but he said close enough, good enough. Like, if you hit this, just know that it's good enough. And then he pu- that's when he pulled me aside and said, Hey, you're, I've seen you operate and come up. It's been a long journey. He's probably known me for 10 years at that point And was just like, you, I've seen you go from like not knowing anything <laughs> to being super curious. So then, having success, and now in this new next chapter that you're in, you're getting curious again. Here's the thing that has really separated me in my later half: Clyde getting one percent is better than getting hundred percent. I now structure deals where it's like everybody else is kind of just put in a role, and then I get to fall back. And then he was talking about the land that he had in California. He had somebody else develop it. He brought somebody else in as a uh, medical professional. He brought somebody else as it yeah. just brought a bunch of people together to build this assisted living facility, where the land. It was, I forget what it was before, it was making, say, a, a certain amount. When he got all the team involved, it went up like way more. And even his small percentage of putting that deal together was like 10 times of what he was getting at 100% of whatever it was because wow. he wasn't capable of doing all those things. So he mm. sat me down and said all those things to me. But the biggest thing I took out of that was just like 1% is better than 100%, especially if you're. Unique enough to be able to look at things and just facilitate them. And I was just like, okay, for somebody that's listening to this and they got it
0: on double speed, you might've just missed that. (laughs) So Clyde and this could apply to any business. So you have a business idea, you have land, you have really, whatever it is, let's say you're making a thousand dollars a month and you're doing it all yourself. You bring in a team of people that instantly make that thing more valuable, that business, more valuable, that land, more valuable because you build on it. You don't know how to build. You don't know how to add that piece to your business. And now you're $1,000 and you, you ask for a 1% deal because it's so much more valuable. That 1% may be worth 10 grand and, and you're not having to do anything anymore before uh, we're doing all of it, operating
1: the builders, building all all of it, making a
0: thousand. Now you do none of it and you make it to 10 grand. Yep. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's why the idea of being an idea broker is very fascinating to me because I don't necessarily want to be involved in a lot of the ideas that we're putting together. I mean, some of them are way over my head. Doing the uh, teaching of different languages for homeschoolers is like, that's a great idea. But I have no, I barely can, (laughs) I didn't graduate high school. I dropped out and went to college. Like, I'm in no position to be teaching Uh anybody any actual science or math or anything else like that. But I love that idea. If we can find the right person, let's take this idea. This idea is not just like, oh, here's a homeschool idea for anybody to do. It's like a very broken down to go, here's what our VAs would do. This is what we need. We need teachers to be able to do this. Put the curriculum together. If we can get that, we already have this lined up. We know how to do the background. Well, we don't know how to do a background check, but these are the steps that need to be taken to be able to get it to this point. We just need a key person to take this now down the field. It's a yes. very thought out and not just like a big idea grandiose but it's very like here's the actual process and system we need this person to step into this role do you feel like you're comfortable enough to take that and this whole thing is kind of already built out around you it's not a franchise but it's very similar where it's like everything has a system and a strategy behind it and it kind of should work together
0: you're listening to this and you're an e-commerce seller and you're busy in your e-commerce business and you have all these other ideas you want to try out but you don't have the time yourself to do it is pick a few of them. And I think I would just tell you to find that right person that you can partner with on Mm -hmm. it and partner in a way that it doesn't really take a lot of your time to do. So let's say you you have an idea for some service-based business. Let's say it's literally like a pressure washing business. And you think, man, you've seen a lot of people that have done that successfully. You think that could be successful in your area, but you don't want to do the work or maybe you don't know how to do the work or- just for whatever reason you're not going to be it does not make sense for you to split your time and actually do 100 of that thing then the solution to every problem is another person just find that person who can run that business because there may be some it could be a teenager a college-aged kid somebody who's not business-minded like you that doesn't know how to do the back end of a business but maybe you already have that experience maybe you have you can bring a team with you, like your accountant, your attorney, you bring systems and process. You you bring a skill set to the th- to this new business that this other person, the operator, does not have. And to where you literally can be like an advisor. They can do all the work. Maybe you know how to run Facebook ads and you see the opportunity to start running ads for all these different businesses. But... You don't have those businesses. Well, find somebody that can start one of those and say, hey, I can bring the leads if you can full do that paint job, if you can do that pressure washing job. So just find somebody that can be that other person for you. And you can literally just start ripping off these ideas and just trying them. Does this work or not? Uh, now, give it some type of, you know, a time frame where you're not you don't want to just spend tons of money trying these things start with some of the ones that are going to be the easiest to get off that aren't going to be, you know, too expensive for you, but, um, or hire a VA in the Philippines to do some of this stuff We're we have great VAs. Um, so I I literally think that if you are just even a solopreneur and you got too many ideas, there are ways that you can partner with somebody to, uh, to try some of those. Even, I even say this, Stephen, have them, I'd be okay with somebody emails me with, because I feel like you and I could potentially talk on the phone with somebody and be able to guide them and see where maybe we can inject some advice into it, or maybe we come alongside somebody and partner with them in some way. Again, not doing any of the work. I don't want to run a pressure washing business. <laughs> but we could certainly bring a team of VAs to help that person. Um, and just be—I think it's just—it's uh, just finding the right people. It really is.
1: Yeah, and you just reminded me when I was um, leveling up from learning Amazon, selling online, a next income stream that I did add was being an advisor. There were local business meetings that I would go to just because we were looking for opportunities for other things. Um, And then I started talking to them that had physical products. They sold them locally in stores. They had different things. And then I helped them get a lot of that stuff online. And I was actually getting a percentage of some of those products from just advising them. They yeah. I didn't charge them up front. I mean, I'm sure I could have charged an advisor fee, but I was just so new to it, I didn't even know how to help them. I was just like, hey, I'm gonna help you. If this works and it sells, let me get a percentage of the sale. Right. Locally, they're say they're selling them for five dollars online, they can sell them for ten. That's a higher profit that they're getting. They're actually making the same amount of money, even with me getting a cut as they would be selling locally, and they're able to sell a thousand more units. Definitely. So it was a great next income stream to add because it just used my same skills and I wasn't even Mm -hmm. like doing much other than just advising them and showing somebody that their own team to like this is how you set it up this is how you set up an account this is how you make the packages it was just like a lot of the new stuff that you'd help with new sellers Mm -hmm. and because we were doing that a bunch anyway for free I was just like oh here's an opportunity to help a business and instead Mm -hmm. of charging who knows what to charge them up front I have no idea just get a percentage of the back end for a time i think that was the other thing is just like i learned from the first deal like oh they want to know an end date to this because it could just go on to in perpetuity and because they're i'm not going to take them to core like i just go when it runs its course it runs its course i just am doing this for an extra income streams to get more of my time back to do something mm-hmm. else but those are all skills i know it doesn't seem like it, especially when you're in the heat of it especially with q4 coming is just like How is this a skill? I'm just going to a store, scanning some stuff, putting it in a box. Like all that stuff is knowledge. You have to learn a bunch of stuff to make that work. It does seem like anybody can do it, but there's a bunch of hoops that you have to jump through, setting up that account, getting all that stuff lined up, adding the bank account. Like all those things are pain points that a lot of people are very difficult to do on your own, especially if you're not an entrepreneur, partnering up with a business and helping them do that or somebody just locally that's selling products. They have farmer's market all over the place. That was another place that we were looking. Soap, Salt there was a bunch of products that I helped bring to market that were very lucrative as additional income streams, yes, you know I remember one guy that I
0: was been on lots of calls with who was part of a a group that I did before with somebody else um and he he's very talkative, loves to he's really good with people, and he had an idea of going around to local businesses to get them help with social media and I told him i mean this has been a couple of years ago now like, <laughs> I could help. You might even know who I'm talking about, but I I said if you go out, you can get the people in, I can get VAs that can handle social media accounts. There's an easy partnership there. Um so I was just thinking out loud here, but this is something we probably would talk about offline, but just throw it out here. Like I think it would be fun. Um, if there were a group of people who if we had some type of um just know monthly zoom call for a couple months or maybe it's just you know weekly calls or whatever just a group of very serious people that have too many ideas that have a little bit of money that they're willing to invest in some of these ideas to help them think through what are the most lucrative ones the fastest the easy lucrative and fun ones because then we could we we could bring the team along that we have mm-hmm. we could help we could attach mm-hmm. a team person to them. So for example, if we had, let's say we had five people that were on Zoom calls, and we met with them once a week for eight weeks. And um seriously just brainstorming here guys out in right out in public. But um and they all have they bring some other ideas to the table of things they're interested in doing. I feel like you and I have a skill set that we'd be able to be like that one maybe not so much, but these at least maybe maybe what thinking of the lens of how we could help them launch those. We would probably be able to identify fairly quickly, the ones that would be the easiest for us to help launch. Um, because then it also helps us. If somebody like we, if, if we had five people and they each start five new ideas, well, and they were willing to do three month tests, then that's just, that's five new VAs that we've been able to get hired for at least three months. That would be fun to do. It's almost like an incubation type of, group. Um, and then maybe even if we help start their business, there's a way for us to get some type of equity in those businesses. So they they come to the table knowing they're gonna have to spend a little bit of money. Maybe we charge for the group, maybe we don't, but then knowing that they have to have some money available to be able to spend on the VA um to get it going, or to at least try to get it going. And then in exchange for, you know, our advice, there's some type of equity in the deal there. I don't know, just totally spitballing this right
1: live on Yeah, like that small business incubator type and I, i was just thinking about some of the calls that we had today we were introduced by a mutual friend and then even as you were coming up with an idea you were able to find an opportunity for your friend that just introduced us yeah for a whole separate additional income stream now he didn't necessarily want to be a part of that but he was like oh i'd be interested in because he's very low laser focused on his business but it was very interesting to see that i would fathom if we got a bunch of people together it would be like hey you're really good at this you're really good at this so even if it's not a business that we're going to help you out launch there could be a lot of internal connections like that they go here's an interesting thing i think that's another part that i enjoy is just like facilitating those connections to go like "Ooh." You're really good at this. You're really good at this. If you guys kind of thought about this, this might be something that you guys can do together and really take both of your businesses to the next level.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: It might be kind of fun.
0: It would be a way to have those kind of conversations we're already having with folks, but on a more concentrated level all together and Mm -hmm. maybe get some VAs hired in the process. I'm interested. (laughs) <laughs> so there you guys if, if for anybody listening that thinks that's fun <laughs> would want to be a part of a group like that, I'd probably, you know, kind of a short term thing. If a few weeks, a few months at the most, where we help you inc- incubate ideas uh, and test them. Um, That'd be kind of cool. Oh so yeah. Yeah. Email me Ryan, RyanRueger.com. If that sounds intriguing.
1: Yeah. I think the only thing we'd have to really think through is like, what is it really that we have assets to leverage out? And what is it like that is the best team set up for what are yeah. those opportunities i don't know if we could sit down and think about that but i think if we did it one time it'd be pretty easy to refine to go oh okay yeah, yeah. here's where our team can crush it these other things is maybe a little bit of a stretch and have yeah. to learn too much and we've, in already, that short we've already done time this i know we don't like tooting our own horn- horns on this <laughs> podcast but like we've
0: done it with you know our social media person with our mm-hmm. podcast person mm-hmm. we've helped them create we have our podcast guy create new streams of income we've helped uh, our social media person create a whole new stream of income using our v a s um I mean there's the two the two most recent one we're partnering our Facebook ads guy with a guy that owns medical clinics, starting a brand new business just by making those connections together um,
1: and the calls that we had today are i guess it's very interesting excited to see those where it's just like oh these are big possibilities, and it doesn't yeah. take up a bunch of our time, we just tap into our resources and assets and make them move forward. Yes. Oh, cool. What else? Yeah, so I guess I want to ask you, how would you handle all these ideas? I guess at the point that you're at now, do you Mm -hmm. feel like having other people is the way that you filter ideas now? Or do you sit down by yourself and kind of parcel out the -hmm. ideas that you have? I like running
0: them through another person to have perspective um I mean you're you're the main person I run them through uh primarily Scott's come on board you know and done some of that with us yeah I think that so, unlocked
1: uh, something in me when um, me and you took that idea to Scott I was just like oh yeah, yeah this is maybe even better. I like having a sounding board of somebody that will be honest and
0: say, no, that idea is horrible, but, or Mm. it's maybe not for now. Or like, it's like you're Nathaniel, your brother, like, um, Steven, that's a great idea, but that's not, we can't do that now. Or that's way too left field for what we're trying to accomplish. So yeah, I like having somebody to talk to it, talk to about it. Um, and then, so you do help me refine the ideas down into, uh, the ones that we should get started and try. And then we, uh, then we just find a person that can be the quarterback of it.
1: Yeah, I think it, it. as you level up, you'll start to identify those people that know you, kind of understand where you're coming from, and can listen to the idea in its raw form and then help you kind yeah. of formulate it. Um, yeah. Because I think that's what I enjoy most with working with you now. It's just like, all right, I got a start of something. Mm-hmm. Just listen to a couple of the words that are going to come out of my mouth and then let's yeah. like brainstorm on because even the after the call we were just talking about like oh this could lead into a membership this way and it was just like it's very raw but it does feel like because of even the past things that we've done together now this raw state is like oh yes there's something here we don't have to just chew on this and dump it like there is something really interesting here Mm -hmm. now who's the next person to kind of take this to and we have those people now in the queue to go like all right here's the next people that we should run this by but it was interesting, me and you taking that idea to Scott and then going like, hey, Scott, what do you think? Because me and Ryan are both excited. We're going to sign a lot of stuff. But what do you think about sure. this? And then even him going yeah. like, oh, yeah, I could see this. This could be the person. This could be the timing for it. It was just like, mm-hmm. this is kind of maybe the better way of doing it. Just chewing on the ideas in raw form with other visionaries and yeah. then running it through people that are maybe a little bit more grounded. <laughs> I would say if too much of just me and you that, that we're right. doing where we are really trying to do. We'll never much. get anything done. We'll just be up in the clouds, dreaming of new ideas all the time. You got to have those right people around you that can actually implement it. Uh, I think that's why it's even funner to work with you now. Cause it's like, we do have teams, we do have a network we do. Yes. Like, and people know us now. And I enjoyed when I'm talking to somebody, it's like too big for them. And you go like, all right, this is what Steve is trying to say. Right. piece it into here because i'm like i always feel like right. i <laughs> i'm not good at communicating the thoughts and ideas especially in that raw form but just having you to kind of filter them right into the people that they can wrap their head around it is very fun and exciting for me yeah so find you a steven or a ryan whichever one whichever person you are
0: <laughs> oh cool well let's let them go man I appreciate you doing this with me yes Guys, sir well uh, we'll see you in the next episode See you next week!